You are Locked On Phillies, your daily Philadelphia Phillies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, guys? It is Tuesday, August 18th, 2020. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. This is Locked On Phillies. I'm Tim Kelly, and the Phillies mercifully had an off day yesterday, one of the few off days they're going to get this season. And after playing a bunch of home games in a row, they will head on the road for nearly two weeks, and we will get to tonight's series uh, later on in the show. But with no game to go over from yesterday, I kind of wanted to regroup and look at some of the rule changes and how we feel they've gone so far this year. I think the most notable rule change has been the addition of the DH into the National League. And I posed this question on my Twitter timeline Sunday. I said, is there anyone that actually misses the old National League rules that included the pitcher batting? And most of the responses I got were no. I didn't do a poll because I wanted people to explain why they thought how they thought. So some people just straight up said they were like me and they felt like the product of having a DH is better than having a pretty much an automatic out and hitting out of the eight or nine spot in the pitcher. Others, and I'm not surprised by this, said that they were against the DH coming to the National League, but now that it's here, they like it and they want it to stay and they think it's better quality. There were a few stragglers that said they didn't like pitcher they didn't necessarily like pitchers batting, but they did miss the strategy of hitting because it, it forced the man of pitchers hitting because it forced the manager to decide whether he wanted to pinch hit late in the game or keep his pitcher in. And I get that to a degree, but that also means you went through three or four turns of an automatic out prior to that. And here's the thing. Teams are not required to use a DH. If Joe Girardi said today that he didn't want to use a DH, he could have the pitcher bat in the nine spot. But even the best-hitting pitchers, and the Phillies have a few decent ones, Jake Arrieta, Zach Wheeler, even the best-hitting pitchers are far worse than any option you could have as a DH. Even the some of the best-hitting hit, pitchers of all time are far worse than any option you'd have coming off your bench as a DH. And plus, by batting pitchers, you you use up more of their energy that can't be used to pitch, and you do risk getting hurt. I think we have evolved past the need for pitchers to bat, and I don't expect it's something that we're ever going to see again. Now, this was a one-year rule change, so we'll see how baseball decide or what baseball decides to do. Assuming we have an 162-game season next year, uh, I think it'll stay regardless, but it'll be interesting to see. One thing that I hope will not stay forever is the three batter minimum. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say it ruined my love of baseball or anything hyperbolic like that. I didn't like it when it was proposed. I don't like it now, and I hope it goes away. But if it stays, it stays. I'm not going to kick and scream. One thing that I will kick and scream about, because I think it would really hurt the sport, is eight teams from each league going to the playoffs. Now, it'll help the sport financially. Extra cities will have playoff games, and you make a boatload of money at least in a normal year on playoff games, and even just off extra TV games, you'll make some money. The league will make some money. It's a good thing financially. But for the product of the game, I don't think it's a good thing. And I, I realize I'm probably fighting a losing battle because money is involved, but I didn't initially think there was a need to add a second wild card. Uh, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't be mad if they went back to just four teams making the playoffs, but I, I've grown to like it. I like the wild card game itself. So I, I really didn't think there was a need, though, to go past the two wild card spots. And I, I like the exclusivity of, ba- of the baseball playoffs in contrast to NBA and NHL and now even NFL, which is going to have seven teams. 
I think if you had a 162-game season and eight teams from each league went to the playoffs, you'd get to the postseason and it would kind of feel like you wasted six months having a regular season because more than half of each league is in the playoffs. I, I don't like that. Um, I hope baseball revisits this this offseason, but I think even in the best-case scenario, you're still going to see some sort of permanent expansion, whether that means going to six or seven teams. I don't know exactly what the plan is, but I, I hope it's not eight because I think truly that's a disaster. Now, the seven-inning doubleheaders, I, I like those. I think it's something a lot of people were surprised they liked, and certainly, especially in Philadelphia, we've gotten quite a few, and if you haven't gotten enough taste of it yet to have an opinion, don't worry, you will next month in Miami. I, I like the seven-inning doubleheaders, and even the people that love baseball as much as I do, you, you can't sit here and say you're really that geek to watch 19, 18 innings of baseball in one day and teams burn through their bullpens in that scenario in one day and it screws you for the next week Joe Girardi said he liked it and I think this is something that could stick now I don't know how relevant it really is sure it could stick what does that mean like in a normal year you don't play the double headers at this rate so it may mean you have three seven inning double headers every year that's fine I like it move forward with it uh, as far as the extra inning runner on second, I know I was in the low, uh, in the minority of people that liked this rule or at least didn't hate it. Uh, it's fun to me. I mean, the Phillies had the game with the Orioles last week where the Orioles put up two runs in the top of the 10th inning. And in a lot of cases, you would have felt like, okay, the game's over. But then the Phillies got to start the next inning with a runner on second base. So it, it, it constantly, extra innings can lull you to sleep. Even with the threat of one guy could end the game with a swing right now, it could also be, or we could be sitting here until the 19th inning and no one really knows what's going to happen. I think when you're in high school or whatever and you don't have any responsibilities the day after, you're like, yeah, sure, let this game go till 2 o'clock. What do I have to do tomorrow morning? When you're in the real world and you have to wake up and cover the team and stay awake as long as the games are, it's not, not really that fun. And I think start. I liked it in the World Baseball Classic, and I like the rule of starting with a runner on second base. Now, I would be open to some tweaks on it. Maybe you start with one out and a runner on second base because I really don't want to see the game decided by the team has a runner on second base, leads off of the bunt, and then hits a sack fly. I don't really want to see that. I want to see someone drive the runner from second base in. And maybe you start in an inning later. Maybe you start in the 11th inning. Maybe you start in the 12th inning. Whatever the case may be. But I like the rule with extra innings on second. And th there was this big group of fans that were like, oh, you know, this is the death of baseball starting extra innings with a runner on second base. It, it was always ridiculous. Like, relax. This is fine. This is a fun rule. It, we live in a short attention span society, and I don't get any sense that that's ever going to change. So something to make to keep things exciting, keep people on their toes, and get immediate dramatic wins. And... I think in a lot of ways it'll end up being like the college football rules where sometimes you will get teams going back and forth for a few innings where one team scores a run, the other team scores a run. You go back and forth for a little bit, and that actually ends up being more fun than regular extra innings would have been anyway. So there have been a bunch of rule changes, many of them temporary for the 2020 season, but I kind of get the feeling a lot of them could be here to stay. I am excited to be talking to you about Built Bar again. You guys know how much I love Built Bar, and the reason I love Built Bar is because they taste incredible. 
and they're healthy for you. They are really, really good for someone that's health conscious, that wants a low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber treat that actually tastes good. And they even have six new flavors in addition to all the other good ones they had before. They have caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake. Got to try that one. Carrot cake, which I like Roger Rabbit love. Uh, Apple almond crisp. I I got to try the cookies and cream one as well. It's tremendous. That's like my favorite flavor of anything. And right now you can try it all. If you Make a purchase right now with Built Bar. They are really going to hook you up. First, you're going to get a free cooler with every purchase while supplies last. We all need coolers. And then second, if you go to BuiltBar.com right now and use the promo code Locked On, you will get $10 off your next order. So you'll get a cooler and you'll get $10 off. You can try any of the new flavors. That's BuiltBar.com. Promo code Locked On will get you $10 off your next order. So the Phillies are going to get back in action this evening at Fenway Park against the Red Sox. Uh, the Red Sox have the worst record in the American League right now. And Heim Bloom, who is their new president of baseball operations, had previously run the Rays front office, did a tremendous job there. The Phillies actually interviewed him for general manager when Ruben Amaro got let go. I think he they probably felt he was a little bit young at that time, but he ended up getting the position in... Tampa Bay he got promoted there after Andrew Friedman left for the Dodgers. He's done a great job, but Dave Dombrowski's strategy in Boston or anywhere he's been is kind of, we're going to go on for a few years. You might win a World Series, but after that, it's going to be a mess, and they have a mess right now. They're 6-16, six and 16, and it's clear that as much as I still think it was a mistake to trade Mookie Betts, because I don't think you trade players like that, This is not a team anywhere near thinking that they can legitimately compete in a division that has the Yankees and Rays and even the Blue Jays coming up. But the Red Sox traded David Price in the offseason. They've been without Chris Sale for the entire season. So they have a pretty awful starting rotation, which obviously does not play in that division, nor should it against a Phillies lineup that's been pretty good. And Zach Godley, who was once a bright young arm for the Diamondbacks, has really struggled for the Red Sox this year. He has an 8.16 ERA in four games. He's going to start tonight against the Phillies. And then in the second game of the series, which will be an afternoon game, rookie Kyle Hart is slated to start for the Red Sox. He's a lefty. He gave up two, uh, seven runs in just two innings in his first major league start. So again, another guy you can jump off of. I would get the sense that Phil Gosselin will start in that game. So good sign. And you know, maybe I say this too frequently, but this is a series where it feels like the Phillies should sweep the opposing team. And at some point, you have to do it. Maybe the Marlins and Orioles are better than their record. Maybe the Red Sox are the worst team that you're going to play this season. All right, you got to take care of them because you didn't take care of the Marlins. At least you haven't in the one series you played them. And then you got swept in what Bryce Harper called an embarrassing series against the Orioles. So you you have to make hay somewhere. You can't just split series. You beat the Mets. That's great. But you got to continue to win series and rack up wins. And in a two-game series like this, asking for a sweep should not be too much to ask. Meanwhile, uh, the, the Red Sox, their pitching is bad. But even some of the remaining stars on the team, Rafael Devers, J.D. Martinez, they're having poor seasons. And then you look on the flip side, J.T. Real Muto has gotten off to a great start this year. Bryce Harper is one of the hottest hitters in baseball right now, and he has two home runs and limited career at-bats at Fenway Park, including the one he hit last season over the Green Monster as a Philly right before, I think it was a day or two before his son was born. So 
it's kind of a, a cool thing. I feel like he'll always kind of associate going to Fenway Park with his first son being born, and maybe that lends itself to him having a good series. So far, it hasn't mattered who they've played, where they've played. Bryce Harper's hit the the whatever you want to say out of the ball. He has been tremendous to this point. Zach Eflin's going to get the ball for the Phillies tonight. He has a 3.60 ERA through two starts. Look, at this point, you're asking him to be your number five starter. If he's able to give you six innings and three or four runs, you should win the game, and I think he should be able to do that tonight against the Red Sox. And then Jake Arrieta is going to start the second game of the series on Wednesday afternoon. He hit a, a wall in his uh, in the fifth inning in his start against the Orioles last week, but prior to that, he was excellent for the first four innings, and in the starting against that, he was great against the Braves, one of the best starts he's made as a Philly. So... I kind of have a pretty decent feeling about what Jake Arrieta has shown so far this season. He seems to be as healthy as he's been as a Philly. He has better pitch movement significantly, I think, than he did last year after he was pitching with a bone spur in his elbow. So uh, there's a lot to like about Jake Arrieta, especially now that you're not asking him to be your number two starter. You have Zach Wheeler there. You have Aaron Nola, who's been tremendous. You're just asking Jake Arrieta to be a middle-of-the-rotation guy, and so far he's filled that role pretty nicely. Also, and I don't know how much this matters, but two years ago, Jake Arrieta pitched for the Phillies at Fenway Park. He went seven innings and limited a much better Red Sox lineup than the one they have now to six hits and one run. Him and Aaron Nola were both incredible in that. It was another one of these two-game series. So, look, the Phillies should feel good. Yeah, I mean, in any of these series, you'd love to have Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler pitching, but this is a series you need to take care of. The Red Sox are 10 games under 500. They are one of the worst teams in baseball. They are, I don't know if you're going to say bottoming out, but it's as bottoming out as we've seen from the Red Sox since the turn of the century. So you need to take care of this team right now because there are not a lot of easy teams on the schedule. And the ones we thought were easy teams either A, aren't easy teams and or you didn't take care of them. So this has to be a situation where the Phillies make hay in Boston. That's going to do it for today's show, which was brought to you by Built Bar. You can follow me on Twitter at Tim Kelly Sports and read my work on both philliesnation.com and radio.com. Now tell your smart speaker to play the latest episode of Locked on MLB. I'll talk to you guys next time.